You're listening to a podcast from Father Peter Smith, St. Columbus Parish, North Leichhardt, on Refugee Week. And now here's Father Peter. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. With the coming of evening, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us cross over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him just as he was in the boat. And there were other boats with him. Then it began to blow a gale and the waves were breaking into the boat so that it was almost swamped. But he was in the stern, his head on a cushion, asleep. They woke him and said to him, Master, do you not care? We are going to drown. And he woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Quiet now. Be calm. And the wind dropped, and all was calm again. Then he said to them, Why are you so frightened? How is it that you have no faith? They were filled with awe and said to one another, Who can this be? Even the wind and the sea obey him. The Gospel of the Lord. It must have been a day like today when they were crossing in the boat in that sea and the wind was blowing and the, the rain was coming down and the disciples were so afraid. They were not aware that, that Jesus was with them and that they were meant to put their trust in him. The latest figures on the number of displaced persons in our world is round about 61 million. 61 million people who cannot live in their homeland. 61 million people who are stuck in camps on the borders of where they live, who have made it halfway across the world, and those who have made it to our own country seeking protection and still not receiving permanent protection visas. In speaking to any refugees, they always tell me that there are three orders of things that they want. The first thing that they really want is to be able to live in their homeland in peace. The second choice that they would make is to live in one of those camps on the edge of their own nation in the hope that peace will reign and that they can return to their own country in freedom. And if they don't believe that's going to happen, their third and and last choice, the one that they do not want to take is to try and find settlement in a third country. That's why we have refugees and people seeking asylum in Australia. Currently there are about 40,000 of them living on temporary protection visas. Many of them are able to work, but who would employ somebody who's only here temporarily? Many of them also are being sent back home. Do you know, even during COVID, they are still sending refugees, or should I say, those who have failed to gain refugee status, back to their country. I have a friend who works in Border Force, and she was telling me the other day that they recently paid something like $80,000 for one person to be sent back home, a chartered plane just for this one person in this COVID time. Can I just remind you, that's your money and mine that's being spent on that. And yet this horrific situation continues all around our world. 
but let's localise it. Recently we have seen a shift because of that family from Biloela. They've been stuck up on Christmas Island for three years at a cost of billions of dollars, but set that aside, let's think about the compassion that should be in our hearts for that little family, loved, respected, working in a community, but because the government didn't believe they had a right to refugee status, has been trying to deport them. And because they haven't been able to do that because of court cases, they've been on Christmas Island for three years now, the only family in that detention centre which the government reopened just for them. Now, the story goes on that little Tharnika, both of the children who were born here, got sick, was airlifted to Perth and critically ill. And the government finally reunited that family currently in Perth. Why? Because Australia put pressure on them. Because Australia saw the face of that family. Because Australian people had compassion for them. There's a French philosopher by the name of Emmanuel Levinas who says, when we have a relationship with people, when we see their faces, it's much harder to be enemies. And I think that's what's happened here. That suddenly, Australian people have seen this family and thought, why are we persecuting them? Why have they been so ostracised? Now, the big hope, in Levinas's words, is that a miracle will occur and that perhaps there will be a groundswell where the Australian government, both sides of parliament, will change their attitude towards refugees and people seeking asylum. In the last budget, they decided to cut the number of their refugee intake, they decided to cut the amount of money that they would give to all the not-for-profits who are looking after them, they decided to cut the services in terms of financially that they are being provided with. If the Catholic and other services stopped looking after those people, they would die. This community, along with so many others, have been supporting groups like Jesuit Refugee Services, the House of Welcome and so many others who are feeding, clothing and housing these people. I believe that's a government responsibility, not charitable responsibility. But if we stopped, the government would not pick up those slack. And where would those people be now? In today's Gospel, we heard this story of Jesus seemingly to be asleep while a tragedy seemed to be happening to the disciples. I'm sure that those 61 million people who are uh, outside of their own homeland probably also feel that Jesus is asleep and away from them. The second reading today, St Paul talks about the need for a new creation, a new world. In a sense, I think that's what we need. We need a new understanding of how we relate to each other. We need not to see people as strangers or foreigners or those who are good and bad, but rather to recognise the goodness and presence of God in all people. If we are able to do that as a nation, suddenly we won't be ostracising people because of where they come from, because of the strife that they've experienced. And somehow we as Australian people don't get it. Do you know, of those that we've sent back to Afghanistan in the last few years, who we've said were not refugees, not genuine refugees, were not in danger, 85% of them were killed 
within 12 months of returning home. Just goes to show you how poor our evaluation of those people is. What can we do about it? Well, I think clearly we need to pray. Clearly I think that we need to be people who voice our opinions when we can. Clearly we need to be people who have an opinion ourselves about the way that we welcome the stranger and the foreigners to our nation. There's a group that I kind of helped get together called Catholics for Refugees. There are so many organisations trying to do so much good in this space. So I got them all together into a room, their leaders, and said, let's try and do something together. And so we established this group called Catholics for Refugees. They have been writing to parliamentarians. We have established a website. We have tried to call on government to change. Those wonderful sisters of St Joseph stepped up and said, you know, Pope Francis called this the year of St Joseph. St Joseph himself was a refugee. And so they are using these 150 days from the Feast of St Joseph till Social Justice Sunday at the end of September to try and have this concerted effort to bring to the attention of Australian people, to parliamentarians, to Catholics in general, the plight of refugees in our own country. Today, let us once again reflect on the needs of those people. I thank you on their behalf for your generosity to Jesuit Refugee Services and other groups that we have supported. Just once again, to go back to Levinas, you know, it's the face of those people that haunts me every day. The refugees that I have met, especially up in Port Moresby and on Manus Island, when I looked into their eyes, they were just blank. There seemed to be desolation in their eyes. They showed me the marks on their arms of where they tried to kill themselves. One guy showed me the burns of where he'd set fire to the hut that they were living in. They just felt desperate because they'd been in detention for eight years and so it continues. These people deserve not our charity but our justice, our love and our support. Let us see the face of God in them.